got something special for you guys today. Glory to God. Uh, something called five on five. Five on five. Somebody make noise for five on five, even if you don't know what it is. Like, what am I clapping for? Five on five is something that we do from time to time here at Surf City. We really believe that, uh, that everyone is called to be able to share the gospel of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Whether you have a title, whether you have a, uh, you know, some people think you need to have gone to seminary to tell people about Jesus. But we believe that everyone is called. The way that this goes is that five on five is five people sharing and preaching, right, for five minutes each. And so this is an opportunity for you to see uh, that, you know, that everyday people can be used by God to be able to declare his word. Isn't that good? And each and every single one of you, we want you to be inspired that you can be used by God to be able to make impact. And so in the light of Miracle May, they're going to be coming to share uh, around the ways that God has moved miraculously in their lives in hopes that you, that you will be able uh, to hear this testimony. And maybe it's something you're going through. Maybe it's something you're facing and that they can, that you can be strengthened by their testimony. Isn't that good? And so the same way that you guys be shouting me down when I'm preaching, the same way, and Pastor Chantal and when Kadeem and Michelle are up here as well, you know, I want you guys to encourage them because how many of you know it's a difficult thing to come up here and share? Do you think it's easy? It's lights in your face. It's all sorts of stuff. And so I want you guys to encourage them, shout amen, shout them down when they're up here. Uh, and so as they're coming up, I want you to celebrate them. Firstly, I want to bring to uh, the stage Merv Henry. Come on, come on, celebrate Merv. High five, buddy. Not only is he my father-in-law, but he is a repair man. If you need anything repaired in your house, he is a ninja. He will hook it up, guaranteed, with some duct tape and, uh, and a rubber band. Trust me. Uh, and so we want to, and he also serves in the house, in the sound, and in various other capacities. Uh, not only they're like, I want to come up. Cool. Let's celebrate Natasha Allen. Come on. She works in finance. She also serves in the welcome uh, team as well as the kids ministry here at Serve City. And next, can we welcome Miss Prisca Edwards? Come on. High fives. She is a blogger. And not only is she a blogger, but uh, she and her, her husband is making the most noise, Kadeem. And uh, they just found, they, we found out recently that they are pregnant. Come on, somebody. And so she's incredible. Not only this, I need you to make some manly noise for Mr. Antoine Hamlet. Come on. Don't break my arm. Don't break my arm. <laughs> he is a bodybuilder and uh, he serves in the house in, with our merch. And so all of the Surf City gear that you see, he's a big part of that um, as well. And then last but not least, one of our worship leaders here in the house, daughter of the house, and really serves in many capacities, Miss Laura Noel. Come on, come on, come on. She says cool words like guitar. She says guitar and all that. We are always making fun of her accent, but we love her. It's really cool. Okay. All right. Come on, celebrate. Morning, Serve City. I'd just like to thank Pastor Andrew. I call him Son Bylaw. It's a pleasure to be here today. You know what? The first thing I like to tell people is my name is Merv and I'm a sinner. Too well, did it? I'm Merv. I'm a sinner. Great. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, and this is where all our miracles come from, folks. 
I'm going to tell you a story about my life in less than five minutes, and it's a short five minutes, but it's a long life. The event. I call it the event. If you know Merv, Merv's always auditioning for Friends. Friends are very important for Merv. So some of you here are, are under auditioning, and you don't even know it. The event. The event was a few years back, quite a few years back. These events that change our lives and we don't even know it at the time. I lost a friend. One day he just woke up in my garage, dropped off his, his uh, ladder that I lent him and said, that's it. We went to the same church on the same church board and the same praise team. We were all together. Suddenly he decided that he didn't need me anymore. That was a changing factor in my life. Major, major fa failure as far as I was concerned. And I kept on searching until someday I decided that I was going to make a decision. Listen to this. A decision to change my life and make it more exciting. That was the most fearless decision I've ever made in my life. It started with a fall, and a fall that, you know, you think you're up here and you'll just be here and you'll get higher, but I started to fall. That fall caused me a lot of things in this life. My marriage, my kids. Could you imagine holding two kids in your arms and one between your legs and saying, Dad's not going to be here anymore? I lost my music. I started to gamble, started to drink. I lost a second marriage. The manager came to you one day and said, I'm not in love with you anymore. When you get to the bottom, folks, there's nowhere else to go. So I started to ask myself that question, the question, what's missing? What's missing? And I thought about it and thought about it, and one day I realized I was born in a Christian home. I did all the right things. And one day I just realized that I never had a relationship with Christ. At age 53 years old, I'm finding out that I don't have a relationship with Christ. And so it brings me this text I'm going to share with you about God's grace. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know I have plans for you, declared the Lord. Plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me. And I, I decided this is the time to call on him. Amen. Call on him. I called on him. And he decided this is time to restore Merv. Restoration. He, he restored me to the point where I started to write music again. Big thing for me. Business opportunities started to appear. I started to tithe again. I started to go back to church. My prayer ministry started to flourish God sent me, and I said, God sent me because I chose all the others. God sent me a life partner, my wife. Thank God. Be able to celebrate all five of my children, all six of my grandchildren. So church family, open up. Trust in God. The church family I am today tells me that, reminds me every single day that the best is yet to come. Jesus. Redemption. Redemption. I've been there. And God has redeemed me. So, folks, it's not about what you can do today, what you've done in the past, but just look forward. The best is yet to come. Amen. Jesus. Praise the Lord. That was good. Okay, so family, a couple years ago, I suffered from depression. 
And that depression lasted for around two to two and a half years. Um, there was no major event in my life or in my family's life that caused it, uh, but I just found myself constantly in this dark place. Um, so it was at that point that I realized that this was an attack from the enemy um, and that I needed God in order to get out of it. So I wasn't really um, with God. Like, I was saved and I had been baptized, but I was backslidden. Um, so at this point, I decided to take my walk with Christ seriously. So my family and I, we decided to um, become members of a church here in the city. Uh, we fell in love with the church, and we became active members of the church. Uh, but about a year later um, from attending that church, we found out that uh, people in leadership and the members were engaging in witchcraft. Um, there was money being stolen. And um, as a result of that, I saw people die. Um, I saw people leave faith, and I saw marriages break up. And I saw people lose their mind. Like people who you see them one way today, they were just a completely different person the next day because of the, the influence of witchcraft. Um, so my family and I, we were heartbroken by this because our trust was betrayed. And at that point, I was still learning how to heal from depression, how to trust people. So I had to go all the way back again because my, my uh, trust was broken. Um, so I would suffer from a general fear of life, like not knowing what's going to happen. I'd be discouraged about my future, even though things were going great for me and I was achieving things. Um, I had low self-esteem, and I would sometimes even question God and his existence. Like, oh, God, if you're real, then why would you allow this to happen? You know, why would you put my family and I through this? You know that I want to serve you. Why would you even lead us here type of thing? Uh, so the enemy definitely used that, um, used my vulnerability as a way to attack me even more. Um, I had a hard time relating with other people because that hurt that I was carrying, I refused to let it go. And as a result, it blinded me from being able to interact properly with people. Um, I also suffered from panic attacks during that season to the point that I was hospitalized a few times for it. Um, and traveling in a car would be difficult at times for me because when the car's in motion, the enemy would be like, open the car door and just let yourself out. Yeah. But now, praise God, I live a life free uh, from depression, anxiety, and fear. Um, and I can say that I'm currently living the best part of my life so far. And that, as Merv said, the best is still yet to come for me. Um, I was able to achieve this freedom because the Holy Spirit pushed me to go deeper in him. And it's so imperative. He taught me that I need to pray, I need to fast more, be more in-depth in the word, and worship. And these are regular part of my life now. And these practices are crucial for any believer's walk, as they are the, these are the defenses that you use against the attacks of the enemy. So whenever you feel the enemy whispering something in your ear or sending that coworker to upset you, you need to get deeper in your prayer and your fasting and your worship. Um, so my family, the same is true for you. Your best is yet to come, but I challenge you to go deeper in your word. Whenever you see people going out for battle or going out to train or do whatever, they always have to train and do the things that are hard and that most people don't want to do. Sometimes praying and fasting isn't fun. Sometimes worshiping isn't fun when you have that series on Netflix that you want to watch. You know, sometimes the word is like, I read this already. I don't want to read it again. But sometimes when you get closer in God, there's little tidbits that he will give you that you never knew before. The word of God says that he'll give you secrets. He'll reveal secrets to you that can help you whenever the enemy's coming at you. Sometimes I feel such a peace. I'm like, it's cool. I got this. God is on my side. Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 18 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 
for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And Christ gave us a perfect example of this. He was constantly praying. He was constantly seeking the Father's face. And we saw his uh, strength come forward um, in Matthew 4, verses 1 to 11. You can read this on your own. When he was brought to the wilderness uh, to be tempted by the devil. So understand that when you have a call in your life, the enemy will do anything in his power to try to discourage you and to try to destroy you. But when you put on the whole arm of God and continue to walk with God, the enemy will never succeed. And God's will for your life will come to pass. Be blessed. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody's doing good. Everybody's doing well. As you guys notice, I'm short of breath. Please not, do not be alarmed. There's a, situ- there's a situation happening here. Pastor Andrew, Pastor Chantal, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Have, I'm truly gr- grateful. If we could all please open our Bible at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Again, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. I'm going to read um, two translations. It's going to the English Standard Version and the New Living Translation. So the English Standard Version, it reads, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. And in the New Living Translation, it reads, God saved you by his grace when you believe You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. This verse is about salvation, which represents our Christian faith. And that is a gift from God. What stood out for me the most in this verse in particular is that our faith is a gift from God. When I was asked to talk about a miracle that happened in my life, many supernatural examples came into mind. Example, me standing here at the age of 29. It's a miracle. I was born six months before. I was born at six months. And with the complication that came with my birth, my mom was actually advised that I might not make it past the age of 18. So this is, is a big miracle. <laughs> and, I am truly, and I am truly grateful to God for that. But there's also other miracles we often do not really pay too much attention to. And that is, for me, is my faith in God. Um, that's what truly marked and shaped me, uh, shaped me. If we actually have to look into the dictionary uh, in terms of what does faith mean, faith, it says that it is having complete trust or confidence in something or someone. And I placed my trust and confidence in many things before. Status, popularity, material things. People, and that led me nowhere. My pregnancy journey has been one of my biggest faith wake-up call. After having two unsuccessful pregnancy, and now being pregnant, and still have to deal with the doctors telling me one minute, "Ma'am, you're fine," and the next minute, "Yeah, we don't really know how far you're gonna you're gonna make it." This experience has really proven to me how much this world is limited how much human are limited and that God is really all we have 
and all we need. And us Christians who are also joined with Christ, we're also not limited. And if we actually continue to read Ephesians 2 in verse 10, it tells us, for we are God's masterpieces. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Our limitation often comes from how little we trust God in our life, in our plans. Faith is a gift that was given to us freely from God. It doesn't require our work. God who has given it to us helps us sustain it and strengthen it. All we have to do is just walk it out. My prayer for all of us today is that our faith never fails and that regardless of what we might be going through, that we always remember because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished on the cross, that we could all walk our faith full of life. Good morning, everyone. Um, first and foremost, thank you, Pastor. Um, I appreciate it. Also, I want to thank um, all of you for your prayers for the, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, I was battling with vertigo at a very vital time right now, and um, I'm well, I'm live, and I'm doing really, really good. So, so as, um, as Pastor mentioned earlier, I compete in bodybuilding I'm at a very high level now, getting ready for my pro debut. But um, a lot of people don't know what actually goes behind it. Um, to the, so for me, um, living situation was tough at the time. Um, and I'm t- speaking of last year, of 2017. Living conditions, family conditions, um, and just the prep itself. Like I have, to, I have to eat very limited food and push myself as if I'm eating a lot of food just to get a really hard look in order to be able to compete at the level I compete in. Um, not, not only that, also to mention um, clients. You're always giving energy. You're always motivating. You're always encouraging. You're always giving of yourself. So every single thing that you're constantly doing, you're constantly draining, draining, draining. But yet you still have to keep all the energy to yourself in order to be able to compete. Now, the reason why, um, the reason why I'm standing here giving a testimony is because the main issue I used to suffer with was self-image. Um, I actually wasn't a person that was very confident. Um, a lot of people go, man, you look amazing. You're sick. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, yeah, okay, I hear you, but I don't feel that. Um, when, I, when, I would, when I would train, that's when I would feel my best. But I would rely on those things to, be, to give me strength, to give me courage. You'd be like, yeah, I can do it. But then deep down inside, I never really felt it. Even when I used to win or I would perform or whatever I would do, people would always give me so much, but I never felt it. I always felt empty, not good enough. I didn't deserve it. I would always put things in the back burner, brush it off. But, um, wow, this, sorry. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, God really, um, really forced, like, I literally felt forced to be pushed to worship him and to serve him because I grew up in the church all the time, one foot in, one foot out, doing this, doing that, picking up my Bible, putting the Bible down. Like, I literally done that. And literally just last year, I, um, I decided, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to give it all that I have. And um, my grandfather, rest in peace, he used to always tell me to read the book of Proverbs because it has wisdom, it has knowledge. It's literally the Proverbs is your dad. 
or your grandfather. And um, I want to uh, go with uh, chapter 3. And I'm going to, I would encourage everyone to read Proverbs 3. Dig into it. I'm just going to pick out specific scriptures through this, points of it, to prove my point. So, um, so we're going to go from 2. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 2. And I'm just going to go right through it, but I encourage everyone to read it on your own. It says, For the length of thy days and life and peace shall be added unto thee. I'm going to skip down to 4. Um, so shall thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. I'm going to go to verse 6. It's a small part. And he shall direct thy paths. I'm going to go to verse 8. It shall be held to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. I'm going to go to verse 10. This is talking about uh, tithings and offerings. It says, thy barn shall be filled with plenty, and thy, thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Verse 13, happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. Verse 16, the length of thy days is in her right hand, and in her left hand is riches and honor. Now, if you read the verses before that, it says, put God first. It says, seek ye first. It says, it says here in verse 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. And that's the issue that I battled with was always trying to find my confidence in training and looking good and the confidence of other people when really that was, that was very void and I was always empty. And once I really dug into this and then I made that choice, um, so to get your pro card, it's extremely hard. And a pro card means that when you get your pro card, you can compete for money, endorsements, sponsorships, exposure. You can travel the world and compete everywhere internationally. And a lot of people literally die. They lose marriages, um, friendships because of the amount of sacrifice it takes to beget that. But last year, my first time ever, my first time on the national stage, I got my pro card. I got best poser award. It was literally a clean sweep. But the thing that made it the most memorable for me was the fact that I used God and allowed God to use me in order to be able to be successful. So I encourage all of you, if you want to do anything in life, family, work, Anything that you're doing, you have to pick up your Bible. You have to read. If you don't know God's word, you won't know God, period. How many of you know that we serve a miraculous God? Amen. When Pastor Andrew and Chantel asked me to speak about God's miraculous power in my life, all I could think of is I'm literally a testimony of that. Uh, I'm a walking miracle. I believe that God allows circumstances to happen in our lives so that he can reveal new aspects of who he is. Yes. And so today I'm going to share two quick points because of time of what God has revealed to be in my life. Point number one, God the healer, the breather of life. Jeremiah 30 verse 17 reads, For I will restore health to you and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord. So about 10 years ago, I was rushed to the hospital. Uh, my body had suffered both physical and emotional trauma. And by the time I arrived at the hospital, I was literally declared dead. Uh, I had no more pulse left, and my heart had stopped beating. I thank God that he gave doctors the wisdom to use a defibrillator, 
And, you know, I believe that at that time, God chose to give me a second chance at life. He restarted my heart. So God is a healer, the breather of life. Hallelujah. Point number two, God the protector. Psalms 91 verse 11, the amplified version reads, For he will command his angels in regard to you to protect and defend and guard you in all your ways. About five years ago, I was the victim of a hit and run. That was a major car accident. I was on the 401. I was merging towards the express. When this car came out of nowhere and hit me towards the front, had it been five seconds earlier, that car would have hit me directly. Not only um, the car hit me, I lost complete control of the vehicle because the impact was so strong. I rolled over four different lanes to then fall on a ditch. I thank God that no other car hit me because it was a Sunday afternoon where it's quite busy, like heading west. And so not only that, my car landed right side up. So that's God. So my car was totaled, yet my body was preserved. God is a protector. There's so many testimonies that I can share of his goodness. And we even see it in the Bible. Like when I think about miracles, I think about Daniel. Your dude was thrown in a lion's den. A lion's den, y'all. Visualize this with me for a second. A lion is about 330 to 550 pounds. I thought I was fat. The lion didn't even have to eat Daniel. All he had to do is just sit on the guy and boom, he's dead. Like, he didn't have to eat Daniel. Another fact is the lion is about four feet in height, probably here, but four feet wide. That's huge. I believe that I would have died of a panic attack just facing the lion, you know? And I'm pretty sure Daniel was, was crazy, sorry, was crazy scared. I'm pretty sure he was scared. But God protected him. He had his covering over his life. You know? Um, and you know what? I believe even the lion, you know, the lion didn't even, even see Daniel as the delicious snack that he is. That was like a vegan proper snack right there, you know? But, you know, God just had his covering so the lion could even see Daniel that way, right? God is a protector. So let me bring this to a close and change gear for a moment. I was thinking about the miracle that has been recorded throughout generations, the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. While Jesus was on the cross and gave up his last breath, it may have looked in the eyes of men like defeat. While Jesus was dead and he was in the grave and for three days there was no signs of life, it was like, yeah, you said he's going to resurrect, but we're we're not seeing that right now. It looked like defeat. But while it looked like defeat, victory was being birthed. While it looked like defeat, the salvation of a whole world was being written down. Hallelujah. And so, um, you know, it looked like defeat, but I believe like, I believe that sometimes things look like defeat, but it's not really how it looks. It's what God is doing on the, in the background, on the ground. So while people were crying over the tomb and mourning, the keys of the kingdom of heaven were being transferred to the king of kings and the lord of lords. The story of our salvation, our healing, our deliverance was being written down. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 1, 
Um, faith is not revealed to our senses. Towards the end, that's what it says in the Amplified Version. So your, your, high, your sight, your hearing, your taste, your smell, your touch won't be able to perceive it. Faith is not revealed to your senses. So I don't know what you're facing today. It may be a sickness. Maybe you feel oppressed. Maybe you, felt, you feel depressed. Maybe you're overwhelmed. Maybe you don't see a light at the end of the, tor- the, the tunnel. You can't perceive it. But I'm here to tell you that we serve a God that is a healer, that is a protector, that is a breather of life. I don't know what you're facing, but God is writing the story of your victory as I'm speaking. God bless you.